This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Millennial Challenge Corporation invests U.S. foreign aid into developing nations, but not without a detailed paper trail of where the money's going. The global campaign Publish What You Fund recently ranked MCC as the top federal agency for aid transparency and the seventh most transparent aid organization in the world. For more on the people and processes that led to the agency's high transparency scores, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with MCC's acting vice president for Department of Policy and Evaluation, Tom Kelly. When Congress created us, they wanted us to focus in the countries that had the best chance to use U.S. government money well. So they wanted us to focus in the countries that had the best economic governance, best economic policies, countries that invested in their own people in education and in health and that sort of thing. Now, of course, the big question is, how do you decide who that is? So Congress has laid out this principle, and now the agency has to operationalize the principle in a transparent way. And what MCC has done is created a set of indicators. They're actually quantitative indicators that we get from independent third parties to try and measure the governance, how good governance is in different countries in in Africa, Asia, Latin America. We put these indicators on a scorecard to show how well the country does. We put them on our website, and that is the fundamental basis for how our board of directors decides what countries we're going to work in. So from the very beginning of our relationship with the country, they're trying to set a kind of baseline for transparency of how we're going to work with them. And then on the point that results matter, here what this really boils down to is demonstrating that we'll get value from taxpayer resources. We start in the country with an economic study we do with our partner country that identifies where we think the highest impact sectors will be to invest in. And then we publish that information online. When we narrow things down and we start thinking about specific investments, before we do any investment at all, we have our economists work with the country economists to calculate very carefully what the costs will be and what the benefits will be to the investment, and then calculate what the return on every dollar will be. So we have a cost-benefit analysis that gets us an estimate of the rate of return before we move forward. And then that as well is published on our website so people can see what we're basing our decisions on. And then after projects are implemented, after we've actually spent the money and hopefully seen the results that we're investing in, we have an external independent evaluator come in and evaluate all of the projects. Every one of our projects has to be independently evaluated. And those evaluations also are put up online. At the beginning, you asked about people, process, things like technology. Among all those, I would say for us, the most important has been the people. We're very process intensive internally. We've set up a lot of internal workflows to make sure that we're getting data and we're evidence-based. We've set up a lot of internal workflows to make sure we are getting information out and being transparent. But what's key is having people who are committed to and who buy into the idea that you have to implement all those things. And we've been fortunate to attract staff that are qualified and that are motivated and who've shown themselves to be committed to doing all that. And that includes not just our technical staff, our economists, our engineers, our agronomists. It also includes our our IT staff. We get buy-in from them and really that's as important as any particular platform or software is having our IT staff bought into the idea that our web presence is a critical aspect of our transparency. How does MCC build a data-centric culture in the countries that it's working with, especially if they're newer to this conversation than most federal agencies? 
We go about doing that probably to the extent we're successful through a demonstration effect, I think, as much as purposefully laying out a set of steps where we think we could change how a country thinks about these things. We have to be data-driven. We don't have any choice about it. And so when we work with our country counterparts as we're working together, we have to work jointly in a data-driven way. That's the only way it's going to work for MCC to be able to invest in a country. So when we start working to develop an investment idea and move towards actually developing a project with a country, we start with some basic economic analysis that we do jointly, our economists and theirs, to try and identify priority sectors. And from there, we move on to doing cost-benefit analysis on each individual idea to see where the highest returns are. When we do that, What we see is initially our partner countries are not excited about the idea of spending time on this. They are under pressure because of their own political cycles. Everybody wants to move as quickly as possible. So there's some real impatience when we start working with them and emphasizing this data-driven, methodical approach we're going to take. But as they go through the process, a number of our counterparts kind of go through a conversion. Two or three weeks ago, our CEO Sean Cairncross was on a panel with a minister, minister of reform from one of our partner countries. He said that by forcing them to use a data-driven approach, that he had been able to step back from the day-to-day politics and rhetoric that drive their decisions to reorient his thinking and think about different priorities and think about where the most bang for the buck would be based on a data-driven approach as opposed to the politics that dominate their normal decision-making. So to get someone like that to change their mind and to buy into a system is a big victory. And I think the way we got there was a kind of working together, learning by doing approach. MCC being a newer agency maybe doesn't have some of the same legacy culture problems the way that some of these other agencies do when it comes to standing up a chief data officer or doing these evaluation steps. But it seems like that is generally the trajectory that these agencies are on due in large part to some big policy documents that have been coming out, the Federal Data Strategy, the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act, two things that stick out fresh in my mind. What are MCC's next steps under these policies? I think you set the stage for us very well. We have a very strong foundation already because of how we were created. So I don't think things like the Evidence-Based Policymaking Act or the Federal Data Strategy are going to dramatically change the trajectory that we're headed on. What's useful about them and what we like about them is it gives us a bit more impetus still to keep pushing things in this direction and to make sure that our external stakeholders are bought in with our commitment to this as well. That said, there are things that we want to do over the next couple of years that are very closely related to these big documents and big movements you're talking about within the federal government. One thing I want to really highlight is our evaluation catalog. This is the public access part of our website we have that includes things like our evaluation findings, lessons learned documents. It includes our micro-level data sets that are created when we do our evaluations. This is the data that comes from large surveys that we do, for example, to see if people's incomes went up or to see if they changed their farming practice or to see if the electricity to their homes got better or to see if more businesses were created. We evaluate ourselves using a lot of information like that, but it's potentially enormously useful to other people as well. It's also potentially useful if anybody wants to come back and re-look at the evaluations and see if there are things we missed when we were looking at our own impact. 
Right now, our evaluation catalog is not very user-friendly. We've got all this information up there, but a little bit like the dynamic I described in creating the evaluation briefs in the STAR report, we need to go to the next step and make this more accessible, more easy to use for people who are coming to our website and not just graduate students in microeconometrics. We're starting right now with a redesign of our evaluation catalog so that this will have a platform that makes it easier for people to access things once they come there. So if people are interested, one of the things that that does is help drive them to different parts uh, of the evaluation catalog. If they're interested in the basic findings, we hope that they'll dig deeper, look at the lessons learned, look at the micro data sets. So we'd like these things to be well linked. And we hope that by doing this, we'll increase the number of people externally who are interested in the organization and who can also help to hold us to account for what we're supposed to achieve. Tom Kelly, the Millennium Challenge Corporation's acting vice president for the Department of Policy and Evaluation, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.